You're listening to Ideal Practice, episode number one. (laughs) The only constant we can count on is change. And those of you who've been with me for any length of time know that I get a little restless from time to time. I am always looking for new ways to serve you, inspire you, encourage you, reach you. I have such high hopes for you guys. And today, I want to tell you a little bit about why I decided to do this little project to begin with, what it's all about, what you can expect, and how to get the most out of our shared experience here on this show. Stick around to the end, though, because I have a little exercise I want you to try that I think will be illuminating. we got a lot to talk about. Stay tuned. I'm Wendy Pitts-Reeves, and with over two decades of experience in the private practice world, I've built my six-figure business while learning a lot of lessons the hard way. This is the first podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of energy, alignment, and strategy to build a practice that is profit-centered, but people-forward. This is the Ideal Practice Podcast. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me here on the podcast. I am so excited that you're here and I'm excited to finally be doing this. There's a lot that goes into starting a podcast, way more than I had any idea. I thought, how hard can it be? Turns out there's a lot of moving parts and it has taken me a little while to get here, but I'm pretty excited because I'm finally recording my first episode and I have so many things I want to talk with you about For the record, I want you to know I have resisted this idea for a while. I I don't know, this might surprise you. I'm a little oppositional and um, what everybody else is doing, I'm not going to do. When I was in high school, when everyone else wore the little shoes that had A's on them, I wouldn't because everyone else is doing it, so I'm not going to. I just am sort of built in stubborn that way. And it has felt to me a little bit like everyone's starting a podcast. So I'm not gonna, except that I kept having folks tell me that they thought I should for specific reasons, because I have a lot I want to say to you, and I have my own way I want to speak with you. And those of you who've been with me for a while know I have been kind of playing around with video for a while, and I will still do that from time to time, but video is pretty limiting. There's only so much you can do. It's hard to watch a video when you're walking the dog. This is so much better. And my hope is that this will allow you and I to hang out together a little more often. Because, my friend, we got things to talk about. So here's the deal. I have been running a private practice for a very, very long time. I want to start this because I am so aware of how much we need to have the conversation that I intend to have here. I've been running a group private practice for 22, 24, I think we're coming up on 25 years. I did, I let that go about a year ago. I sold it to a colleague, but I started that place from the ground up and ran it for a very long time. So I've been in the field running a private practice for longer than I want to admit. At the same time, I have been coaching uh, officially, sort of unofficially. I've done it for years. The truth is, 
I didn't know it for a long time, but even when I started that practice, I have always been coaching because every time a new practitioner would join my practice, I would take her off to lunch somewhere and spend a few hours talking about how to get her practice off the ground. And then I would check in with her regularly. And I did all kinds of things to teach people how to build a practice. I didn't know that was called coaching. I didn't know that was a thing. (laughs) But when I finally kind of got a handle on that, and I began to officially coach, well, I've been doing that now as part of my work, part of my business now for six or seven years. And I I already knew this, but I am still seeing like up close and personal, what a mess we healers tend to be when it comes to the way we manage the business side of our practice. And in particular, the way we think about the role that money plays in our work. And just in case you have any worries about this, trust me, there is no judgment here at all because whatever kind of mistake you're making... I've made it with lots of zeros on the end, as Dave Ramsey would say, and I'm not super proud of that, but I made so many mistakes. I learned a lot over time, and you will hear my story over time. I'm not going to tell you that today, but I want you to know that the mess that I see so many of my colleagues and clients have around how they think about the business side of their practice and the role of money in their relationship with their clients, I understand it because I have been there personally, and you'll learn more about that over time. I also am starting this podcast because I have seen personally what a difference it makes when you step into your value, when you own your authority, when you get clear about the incredible difference that you make in the world. And you know you do so many ways. Sometimes it's one person at a time. Sometimes it's a group or a classroom at a time. Sometimes it's an organization or a community at a time. But there are all kinds of ways that you guys are uplifting other human beings. And I know what happens when you kind of get that and you begin to understand the value of that and you get clear about that and makes the changes in your business that that requires. I see what a difference that makes. Your income goes up. Your sense of self gets stronger. You feel more confident. You have better clients. People love you and are happy to work with you and happily willing to pay you. I've seen that. I see what a difference it makes. And I'm also here not just because I want to encourage and inspire and teach each of you, but also because I honestly want to change our industry. And when I say industry, I am a licensed clinical social worker. So of course, I'm going to talk about social work. But and I, you know, my background is in mental health. So I'm going to talk about that side of things. But I also mean, those of you who provide yoga classes, midwives, energy healers, Reiki practitioners, life coaches, all of you who find your own unique way to uplift other humans, to help other people live happier, healthier lives, who help increase the well-being of your clients. You deserve to be treated well, to be treated with respect, to be seen with the same level of I'm going to say it, prestige and credibility as the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. So I want to change the way we think and talk to and about healers in general. So I got kind of a big mission here, y'all. That's what I'm all about. And just to kind of sort of, I want to share with you a little story that 
in a nutshell captures how I think about this and kind of what I'm all about. You want to hear that? If you don't mind, I'm just going to going to tell you a little bit about this. You will, I'll probably come back to this from time to time because it's one that had a big impact on me. So back in the early days when I was in the early days of my career, I was in my early twenties and I was working at a private psychiatric hospital. Now this particular hospital had a really good reputation. This was back in the days before managed care, before we went through some of the changes that have impacted that side of the world and so much. Back then, people could stay in the hospital long enough to get the kind of help they really needed to have. So this particular hospital, it was an expensive place. It was a high-end place, but they did good work. And I learned a lot there. I learned more from working at that hospital than I had throughout my, at that point, four years of undergraduate school and a university. But the hospital had a bit of a reputation among the general public. People thought of it as, quote, a country club for the rich. People thought it was a place that wealthy people, when they got kind of stressed out and just needed to take a little break, could check themselves into a hospital, disappear for a few months, and come back out when they were rested. That really is kind of how the world thought about it. And yet, that's not at all what it was. There was so much more that happened there. It was a really, they did good work. Well, one day, This particular hospital was on the shores of a lake and out back behind the hospital, there was a significant amount of lawn where we played ball and threw a Frisbee and went for walks with clients and patients and kind of hung out a lot. It was a beautiful, beautiful, peaceful space. One day a guy came to the hospital and admitted himself to the hospital. And the way he joined, came to us was he landed or had his pilot land his private helicopter on the back lawn of the hospital. Yeah. (laughs) We had a guy admit himself to the hospital by landing his private helicopter on the lawn. Well, that, let me just say it was an exciting evening when that happened. And it would be easy to assume that that in in a nutshell sort of proved the stereotype right, that this was just a, a playground for the rich and an extended vacation for the rich. But at the same time that that man was there, and I'll tell you, and I was like 22 at the time, 23, I was pretty blown away by that. I'd never been near a helicopter, and I certainly didn't know anybody who owned one. So I was a little intimidated by the the whole concept, the whole process. But at the same time that he was there, we had a woman at the hospital who was admitted from a neighboring state. It was a poor rural Southern state. She was dirt poor, to be honest. She was the mother of six children who lived in a very rural, I think coal mining area. My understanding is that she did not have indoor plumbing at her house, at her home. And she, her life was hard. Her life was hard. And not surprisingly, she had a lot of issues. There was a lot of work to be done. She and he were there at the same time. The guy that flew in and landed in his helicopter and the woman who didn't have indoor plumbing. 
And perhaps it means something that I remember her. I remember her name. I remember almost everything that happened in her work there. I remember a lot about her more than I do about him. That might be because I didn't work with him. I don't honestly remember at this point. Or it might be because I was too intimidated by by him to talk to him. But I remember her. And both of them were there for months. I know she was there almost a year. And I think he was there like eight, nine, ten months and he was they were he was getting treated for serious serious depression um and she was getting treated for depression and trauma and i want to tell you that both of them got the same quality of care i learned so much as a young impressionable mental health professional at that point now, I hadn't even started grad school. This was, be, this was in between grad, undergrad and graduate school when I was working there. But I learned from that in that moment and in that experience that good treatment is good business. And good business is good treatment. In other words, because this hospital did good work, I mean, these people got tremendous care and their whole lives sometimes sort of got an overhaul. It was really, it was kind of a magic time to be working in this field because I got to see a type of work that I don't think you get to see much these days. But because the hospital did good work, they had a really good reputation so that people who could own a a helicopter were willing to pay whatever it took to get that level of care. And because they made good money from people who could afford it and didn't mind paying it, they were also able to provide the same top quality care to those who couldn't afford it. That was a powerful lesson. And that has been it took, it took me a long time to grow into it, but from, th- from that point, I had this sort of mantra in my head, good treatment is good business, and good business is good treatment. Unfortunately, it took me 15 years or more to really live into that as a business owner myself. It took a long time, but I want you to hear that story because that still informs who I am and how I think today. So here's what you can expect to learn here on this podcast as we go forward. I intend to bring you a mix. Sometimes we're going to be having a solo episode where I just share with you like I am today. I'll be talking about some of the lessons I've learned, some of the mistakes I've made. I'll be sharing with you strategies for how to move forward in your own practice. And I also intend to be doing some interviews. I've got lots of ideas and plans in place to interview colleagues and other allied professionals who I know either have a message to share that is going to help you, who have a skill of their own that you need to hear about, who have a story of their own to share. We're going to be talking about that. And just a little side note, if you already know somebody in your area that you think would be awesome to have as a guest on this podcast, please reach out to me, shoot me their names, do an e-introduction because I'm going to be looking for folks. I've already got quite a long list, but I plan to be doing this for a while. So there's going to be lots of room. And by when I say 
interviews, I'm going to be talking to people who run group practices, people who have individual practices that are in a unique niche. I'm going to be talking to people who have just kind of got their practice off the ground and what we can learn from what their experiences have been. I'm going to be talking to also other people who are not healers themselves, but who are web designers, SEO experts, finance experts, bookkeepers, virtual assistants, all the kind of goodies, you know, all the stuff around the edges that we all need to keep a practice going. So lots of good stuff there. And then the third thing I plan to do is from time to time, I'm going to feature one of you. Every so often, I'll make an announcement that I'm going to be doing an episode that I'm going to call Coaching Over Coffee. Because as a longtime therapist, I honestly can't hardly talk without a cup of coffee in my hand. And if I'm going to have a cup of coffee, why wouldn't I like you to come and share one with me? So every so often, I'm going to invite some of you to show up here with me on the show for a live coaching session. And I haven't quite made up my mind yet if that's going to be one person at a time for a longer, more in-depth conversation, or if I might do two or three shorter ones. I'm not really sure. We'll figure that out because that's kind of how I do things. Figure it out as I go. And here's what I need from you. I, I know already on the front end that when I talk about the things I want to share with you, it stirs folks up sometimes. I get a wide range of responses. A lot of you have told me how much this helps you. Those of you I've been coaching, those of you who are in the Ideal Practice community, my private Facebook group, those of you who are just friends and colleagues that have known me for years, it's, it happens all the time that you, you guys tell me, that you were about to make a decision or you were about to make an offer to a client and you would think, and you tell me, I heard your voice in my head, Wendy, and I didn't offer the discount I was going to offer. Or you tell me, I just had this crazy idea and I thought it was really crazy. And then I heard you in my head and I knew it wasn't so crazy. So there's a lot of ways that I know many of you love this, benefit from it and already get it. But a lot of you don't know me from Adam. And so I'm going to think of you like I see some of the folks in the room when I give talks, because I have spoken to professional organizations, entrepreneurs groups, women's conferences, um, social work conferences, you name it, all the way all across the United States and overseas. And whenever I talk about the importance of owning your value, charging what you're worth, treating your business with the same kind of respect that it deserves, the same kind of respect that you deserve. There will be people in the room who are leaning forward as I speak, who are nodding their heads, who are smiling, who are going, oh my gosh, it's about time someone said this. And there are people who lean back in their chairs, arms crossed, got their Wonder Woman deflectors up, and I can, and their face, everything about their face is like, what you talking about? <laughs> so all I ask of you is number one, to hang with me for a little while. Tune in for a few episodes. Give me a bit of, an, of a chance, of an opportunity to connect with you, to show you what's here for you. And listen with an open mind. Receive this in the spirit that it is intended. My intention here is to share information and encouragement that I hope will help you stand in your value, own your authority, and create an ideal practice that serves you 
as well as I already know you serve your clients. But along the way, some of the things I talk about, I know are going to get some of you a little stirred up. And so you may find yourself feeling a little resistance inside. So watch out for that. When you find something inside kind of goes, I don't know about that, Wendy. (laughs) When that kind of feeling kind of creeps up, I feel it myself sometimes as a tightness in my chest, or I find myself like turning my head, like I'm looking at you, giving you the side eye. When you find that coming up, I just want to invite you to be curious about that. Just be curious. Hmm. It's interesting how I feel about what she's saying right now. It's interesting what I'm thinking about as I listen to this. I wonder what that's about. Hmm. I don't want you to judge it. I don't want you to blow it off. I want you to be curious. And that leads me to the tip I have for you today. And if you're still with me, thank you for sticking around this long. I'm going to be experimenting for a little while about how long these podcasts are going to be and how much I want to kind of hang out with you, but I appreciate you staying with me if you're still here. Here's the tip. As we move forward and we begin to explore everything from energy and alignment and integrity and values and your vibration level, I'm going to get a little woo with you guys sometime. As we talk about all that kind of stuff, I want you to pay attention to the feelings that come up inside. And when you hear me talking about money, I want you to pay attention to the feelings that come about. And here's a suggestion. I'm going to give you a journal prompt. Not all of you keep a journal, but if you do, if this, if writing is something that you have found to be helpful for you in the past, I want to invite you to to turn to that now. And if writing isn't something you've ever done much of, this might be a good time to try it. We can talk about more about that later if you'd like. But for now, I just want to say this. Here's the journal prompt. Pull out a notebook, a legal pad, your favorite little pretty book with your favorite pretty pen, whatever works for you. And across the top of the page, I want you to write. Every time I have to ask a client for payment, I feel blank. Let me repeat that. Every time I have to ask a client for payment, I feel what? And then I just want you to brainstorm. Just dump it out there. What comes up? I feel excited, hopeful, worried, embarrassed, um, ashamed, uh, apologetic, excited, like thrilled, (laughs) nervous. There's probably all kinds of feelings that you might come up. I encourage you to, to write those down and just explore that. And you might even want to add the word because. I feel excited because I'm hopeful that they might actually be happy to pay it. I feel nervous because I just raised my rates a little bit and I'm afraid they're going to get mad at me. I feel worried because I don't want them to think that this is all I care about because it's not. Every one of those examples that I just share with you, every one of them are examples from my own personal experience. I have felt all of that at one time or another and many times over and over and over again. So that is my my little homework exercise for you today. 
And I'd love to hear from you what comes up as you do this exercise. My guess is you're going to learn something that perhaps you didn't even know you needed to learn. Should be good. Thanks, everybody. And that, my friends, is a wrap. I'm so glad you guys are here. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are the absolute best. If you've enjoyed this episode, tell a friend about it. Share it with a colleague. And don't forget to click subscribe because I don't want you to miss a single thing coming up. I got lots of good stuff in store for you. I hope you have an awesome week, and I will see you next time. Bye now. Bye.